Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. Yes, Showreel is live. We're back for the 2023, the year of 2023. I'll remind you that uh, next week we'll all be spooking for uh, the uh, subscriber drive. But uh, today you can rest assured that we're we're just going to bring you lots of interesting information. And today the film we're going to concentrate on is Westermark Effect. And we've got the director, Sarah Lamberg, on with us in the studio, which is fabulous. Uh, g'day, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So lovely to be here again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. This is the second time we've had a chat. The first film that we looked at was Innuendo. And I was just saying to you before we started that I think you're a courageous filmmaker. Oh, thank you. Um, that's such a compliment. And I'm Glad to hear it. Someone might say crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, this time you're tackling uh, an unusual theme, actually. It's uh, the Westermark effect. You pro- uh, listeners probably don't know what it is, but so I'll leave you to describe what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So the film is basically about genetic sexual attraction, uh, which can sometimes happen in adoption situations. So in my film, Sally gave her son up for an adoption 20 years ago. And when they then reunite as adults, they fall in love romantically. Yeah, that's right. And because the difference in age is actually not as, it's one generation, effectively, like she was 15 when she had him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. Uh, the age difference is is not huge, um, but there is the you know the genetic connection, which obviously uh, society will see in 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 one way often, and and that will cause lots of devastating consequences. Why, why did you decide to follow this up? Because it's a curious uh, thing to be interested in. I initially just saw an interview about it, um, like an article um, in a print media, and uh, I had hadn't heard about the uh, phenomenon myself but then I started looking into it more and um, there were couples like this all over the world and and I realized it was actually quite a lot widespread than we realized and then I saw this um, study by US Adoption Agency and they reported as many as 50% of their reunions ended up ending up in some kind of feelings of attraction not necessarily fully blown um, relationships but that the feelings existed so that's when I realized that this is large in numbers this is not just a small thing this will affect quite a lot of people and we just don't hear about it because it's such a taboo 
Yeah, it, well, it mm. is. It, it, I yeah. mean, quite clearly, uh, since uh, the understanding of uh, um, coming out of Darwin's work oh, and others, other people's work, as well as uh, the... But, but in the past... Uh, in Western society anyway, and I don't know about in other societies, probably the same, similar, um, uh, because marriage and uh, connections were often made um, for uh, economic advancement. So therefore, uh, I mean, and that was the public. Uh, We're not talking about private things that happened in, in, in families. I mean, there wouldn't be a word called incest if they're, it wasn't uh, uh, more prevalent than people expected. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some very, very good thoughts there. And yeah, um, I, oh, negative I, or positive? I'm just yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think in many ways there will be um, relatable things in my film, whether or not that's your own situation. Um, for other reasons as well, if if you feel like you're having a relationship that's for one one reason or another um, looked upon as as not a great idea. Um, I think people can relate to that aspect as well. Yeah, let's let's go to the film itself, the making of the film, because you're the writer and director and you're the star. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about that. Um, Well, I suppose that's the same kind of way as I did um, Innuendo, my first feature. And... uh, Look, it's it's all storytelling and in some ways having all those hats on makes it simpler for me because um, I'm not necessarily the best at explaining my work before I actually do it. I'm okay at doing it <laughs> and and I think I'm good at working with other people as well and sort of like giving them a lot of freedom in their own crafts and, and I don't micromanage much. I choose people that I know they know what they're doing and, and then we collaborate. But to yeah, I, I feel like it's all just the same thing, telling a story and then I just do whatever I need to do to tell that story and sometimes it's writing, other times it's directing and then on set it's it's also acting. Tell me about the um, artistic or the creative elements that are involved in this because they're, they're different hats, like you say, they're different hats. But uh, what's driven you in this regard? Because you, you're, when I say you're a courageous filmmaker, you uh, stand there and say, I'm making a film and this is what I'm going to do. And, it's, and you don't do a small film, you make a grand film. I mean, Innuendo is a grand film and this, again, is a proper big feature which you took to Khan. I mean this is you were tell me about what drives you. I some people call it passion. I almost call it obsession because I even do it when I don't enjoy it. So I feel like um just from very young age I initially wanted to be an actor, but I remember also really enjoying writing. Um, and I was sort of a bossy child, so, but in a in a kind of a um, in a kind of a nice way that I just gave everyone on the playground an equal turn <laughs> to do the skipping. <laughs> so I, I wasn't like a boss bitch in a way that I would I would dominate things. I would just like look after everyone and make sure that they all got to do their bit, and and that kind of became my role then in filmmaking as well. And in some ways, it also comes from just being a frustrated actor because it's so difficult to get those roles. And as an actor, you're very vulnerable. And you're also very vulnerable at the kinds of roles that are written for you. And I feel like that's where I was a little bit trapped too, 
my gender and age expectations often when it came to casting and then I I often wouldn't get the roles that I wanted. I've actually been very lucky to also play very, very different roles. So I am very grateful for all of that. But even then, I was always a bit bit more ambitious, a bit more hungry um, and, and just always wanted more. And I think that's where it comes from. I just I just love my work and that's all I want to do. Well, it's funny because I was reading a, a book uh, not so long ago and um, uh, and uh, it said uh, – it had a character in it that said uh, – Oh, you're doing an unusual job for a woman. And she said, I don't think there's a man's job or a woman's job. There's just jobs, right? <laughs> and um, when you say that uh, you're hungry for for roles and jobs and all that sort of stuff, um, the industry is actually male-dominated. Um, there's no, I mean, just statistically, it's male-dominated. And that, therefore, skews the stories that are told. And the stories that you tell, I have to say, they're really left field. Yeah, thank you. And and again, a very good point. And given that our film industry looks up to American film industry so much, I can talk about uh, statistics where in American army, there are more women in leading positions than in film industry. <laughs> so when such a patriarchal, patriarchal thing as an army has got more women than film industry, that, that to me is pretty scary. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know where that comes from. All, all the well, way that's from not like, natural. That's not no, a natural thing. That whenever, is a forced thing. Whenever I did arts, there were always more females. There were always, always more female actors in any courses that I did, more females wanting to get into telling stories, making films and things. But for some reason... That that still just d- doesn't show up in in um, in the industry itself, and and yeah, I guess it's still something that we have to uh, talk about as long as it does get more equal. Yeah, yeah, it's quite curious. We've just been um, joined in the studio in our chat about Westermark Effect, one of the stars, Jaden Dink. G'day, Jaden. How are you? I'm good. Oh, <laughs> it might help if I actually let you in, really. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's always spooky, isn't it? Um, tell me about how you got the role of uh, Sam, the uh, other star, effectively. Yes. Um, well, basically, I um, I was in uni at the time, and I was like, you know what? I can't be bothered doing uni anymore. I really just want to be an actor. Um, so I applied for it online. I saw a casting application. And I thought, you know what, just for some experience, I'm just going to audition and I'll just see how I go. And then I went in, I thought, you know what, I just want to be given an opportunity. I'm going to take my chances while I can. And then what do you know? Um, here we are today. <laughs> it's an, a very curious film, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. Very how did you pre- yeah, how did you prepare yourself? Well, I mean, like I just said, I thought I was just going to have an audition and then it'd be a great experience and move on with my life. And then I'm here now and... I mean, to prepare, I just really got into the character. Um, he's very, he's, apart from the themes, he is quite just a normal, and I use that with air fingers, normal boy. So um, I just looked at it from, it's a love story, and it's a tragic love story. So that's how it was. I looked at Sally as a character in which Sam falls in love with. So as Sam, I fell in love with Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's interesting because I know that people have a funny idea about an actor, uh, actor's role. You know, uh, uh, some people think that uh, a- acting is a simple thing like falling off a log, which of course it isn't. Uh, it's 
you have to actually live and breathe the character and you have to think about what their response would be separate from your own so that there's a duality going on, isn't there? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about how that felt for you. Because, I mean, I see you in the studio and I've watched the film. Mm. Physically, you are the same person, but physically you're not. I mean, you're quite different in the film. Yes. I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You succeeded. Yes. Thank you. Uh, So I was talking about this on our live on Instagram the other day. I actually, because it was an independent film, I got to take home the costume (laughs) at the end of each day. So what I would do to get into the character's mindset to see what it was like, I would actually wear the clothes out on the street in the city and I would talk to a lot of homeless people, people that were struggling or just interesting characters in general. And I'd just hear their stories and hear their their frustrations with the world, hear what they've gone through. And that's what I applied to my character. Was he's a guy that's walking around with a big shield up and he's got a lot of anger and he's not really too sure about things. So that's how I did it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Um, and of course, Sally, uh, but you're not Sally, Sarah. Um, tell me about how you got the best out of your characters. Uh, I guess for me, the process is quite different because I write it. So for me, the acting starts with the writing of the script. And I'm already, I suppose, directing it in my head as I'm writing it as well. Um, so it, it's I, I, I think when I jump into someone else's film as an actor, the process is very, very, very different when I have to sort of be an external force and then bring something to life. But in this, I've already given birth to it as a script so then I just sort of walked in of course I still have to learn my lines in a way but it's much easier because I've already created them anyway and and I've already created the emotional background of the character as I was writing it so that's my work as an actor half done Mm. and uh, uh, Jaden your character there was a lot of backstory there must have been yes well I mean um, that's why uh, sorry why um, when I'm, he had many stories and that's why he was such a complex character. It's why in the film, his emotions are all over the place because his life is a roller coaster, and he's trying to get some control in his life. And that's why when he realizes, oh, his love for Sally, he's trying to pull it all together. He's trying to reel it back. And when he does it in some weird ways, um, that's going to challenge a lot of the viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's the question when you're watching it is why would people do this? And there is reasons for why that would happen emotionally, yes. uh, which is quite fascinating. Um, I love the uh, uh, interiors that you're allowed to play with. Tell me about the uh, getting that, that rather nice f- juicy flat yeah. and the, um, the grungy uh, um, pub or what would you call it, uh, nightclub, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, um, when I was um, in resourcing locations, I think I I put the word out on my Facebook page um, about that, and then uh, people came back with back to me with with ideas, and I was very very lucky to find a friend who had a friend that had this beautiful big apartment in Pran Central, and it's just it just lends itself to it so well it was better than I could have imagined when I was writing it Um, and those kind of miracles happen um, sometimes when I just put the word out there and um, it's I I guess I'm lucky that people 
still find my work interesting enough that they want to help and, and they want to offer resources. Um, because, of course, my, my films are still not getting any sort of public funding. It's all independent and it's all favors uh, and and like being nice to people (laughs) there's a lot of that Um, and and just a lot of goodwill and um, a lot of hard work from so many people just because they believe in the story and the film and yeah that's that's how I usually go on with um, locations just looking for interesting places in this film was completely shot in Melbourne Um, so it's all sort of local yeah, yeah. Uh, also, before we leave the acting, in a sense, um, it, it, your backup actors are really great. I thought the uh, character who plays your father, um, uh, I wrote down his name, Albert Going- Goitman. Goitman. Yeah. He's really good. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And and an actor who, oh, this is what I like doing, actually, sometimes, is, is I know a, a very good actor. Um, I kind of did the same with Prendon Bacon in Innuendo. Um, I know that they're great, but I've only ever seen them do one kind of role because that's what they always get cast as. Like Albert Koichman, for example, always got cast as this baddie criminal drug dealer. You know, there's yeah. these kind of really um, dark roles because he does that well. But I was like, I'm sure there's more to this. Like, I'm sure he can also pull off this really beautiful emotional role. And he's perfect for it. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. And I noticed that Brendan Bacon uh, has has a, a role as well, uh, which is nice because, I mean, it's only a small role, but he's got great presence uh, on camera. And you're right, people just don't get the chances. And this goes back to what you said before. You decided to make a big film about something that people wouldn't normally have, but it allows all these other people to play roles that they wouldn't normally get to play. It's such a, a great um, uh, reason for why Australians or people from any country should be allowed to make the, their own films, you know, as opposed to just following behind an American. Uh, juggernaut, you know what I mean? It's uh, fantastic. Um, oh, we'll we'll just have a little break and a breather before we go on because there's so many things to talk about in your um, your film. Uh, I was going. To, oh yeah, here we go. Tune in to 3CR Victoria's Pride Street Party Broadcast a four-hour special event on Sunday, the 12th of February, from 12 to 4 p.m. We'll be broadcasting out on the street and featuring the voices of 3CR's queer programmers and guests, including Out of the Pan, In Your Face, PX Fano, and Queer in the Air, on topics that focus on queer pride and ongoing advocacy for LGBTIQA people. Listen to the broadcast on air, or live from the corner of Smith and Mason Streets in Fitzroy. For more details, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash 3CR Pride Party 2023. You're with Annie on Showreel and we're talking to Sarah Lambeck and Jaden Dink about a Westermark effect. You took it off to Cannes. Tell me all about that. That must have been so exciting. What about that, Jaden? Oh my goodness. I mean... Like I said before, I just thought I was auditioning for an independent film. What's going on here? And then, before I know it, I'm standing in France. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really was everything. It's almost like a dream when I was standing there seeing all the other like-minded individuals in the industry and then seeing everyone 
I, I, I'm more like watching the audience watching a film that I'm in because I'm like, do they enjoy it? Do they hate it? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, and yeah, like I said, just being with Sarah and then looking for distribution for this film, it was just surreal. It really was. Mm. And how did it go, Sarah? Yeah, uh, for me, the Cannes experience was amazing, um, mainly because of the conversations that happened after the film. Um, I never make films for myself, um, although people think they're very personal and they have a very personal feel to them. But I'm still very interested in my audience. And the fact that the Q&A after the film could have gone on forever, had to be cut short because next film was starting, that to me is everything that it causes people to ask questions, tell me their own stories sometimes. Um, yeah, just that, that conversation that happens as a result of, of seeing a film. I, like for me, that's, I feel like I've done something right and like I've done my job. So how did you go about getting it into the program? So I was lucky enough to have my first feature film, Innuendo, at the Cinephile Selection at Cannes. Um, and, and the director... A very tasty film, that. Sorry? Very tasty film. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, and the director of that particular selection. So um, he's this French uh, person, Bernard Boris, and he's just in love with Australian film, which we all reap the benefits of. Um, so he's always um, coming here to big film festivals and sourcing films. And, um, and like, he, he does such a big work of of being like a spokesperson of Australian film in Europe and so he resonated with my second film Westermark Effect as well and then um, scheduled it and initially we were supposed to be part of the program 2020 which then of course got cancelled because the the pandemic and then for another year or so Australians couldn't travel and even if Can went ahead in 2021 Luckily, he was able to give us permission to actually premiere it 2022. That was only because of his big heart and his um, love towards our work, I guess, and and his great support. Um, Because then we actually ended up being the only Australian film in that selection that year. So, yeah, feeling extremely lucky and grateful. And what about the distributors? You would have had to have worked hard to get some. Yeah, so um, it's it's always difficult with uh, films that don't have what we call big star names, kind of A-listers, American big star names, um, and and then you really just have your story to rely on. Um, and and I, there was quite a lot of interest because the um, I, I suppose the unusual subject matter it, it can raise eyebrows, but it it also causes curiosity in people. That's what we learned. Uh, so yeah, there's. Um, there's definitely interest and, and it's been on a few international film festivals as well and won a few awards, so we're very happy oh, with that. Oh, tell us about that. Would you like to take this one, Jaden? Go uh, on. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I was at my uh, my normal person job and then I got a message from Sarah saying, oh, you've um, you've been awarded Best Actor at the Vera Cruz World Film Festival in Mexico. And I just was like, I'm sorry. What what's that? What's an award? <laughs> um, and then also Sarah won best director, and then uh, best film it won as well at the same festival. So wow. yeah, I'm, I'm still saying that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and apart from that one, we also had the Influx Film Awards in the in America, um, yeah. and we won 
best film and best director there as well. So that means that you spent quite a lot of time uh, getting the film into those programs. Yeah, the submission is a, sort of like a full-time job in itself, <laughs> just sending it to various different festivals. It takes a lot of hard work and, and a lot of money as well. It's not free. You have to no, always no. pay a submission fee and, and there's no guarantees of, of getting in. And yeah, it's just a big gamble, this whole making films. <laughs> but I guess, you know, that's the risk you take. And, and you know, I hope... For me, for me, it's just getting the film in front of the audiences. That's what I get out of it. And, and I love the fact that that's what I can provide to my cast and crew as well, that their hard work is seen by people. You're such a clever person. Um, <laughs> oh, you're such yeah. a sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. I can see why people do things for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just such, such, such a daring thing to be doing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, um, it's uh, going to be shown at the Lido locally. So uh, I know that the Q&A, which is on tonight, uh, is actually booked out. But there are other ways people can watch it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they can come into Lido again on the 22nd of March. We have an encore screening with similar Q&A again. So they will still get the Q&A experience. I will be there. I always go and watch my own films when it's at the cinema. I actually, when Inuendo came out, I was there every time. I was just sitting at the back and people didn't even know that I was there. You're gauging the re- audience. Because of the same reason as what Jaden was saying yeah. before, that you just want to see the experience from someone else's eyes for the first time and how they react to your film. Because um, that then, for me, teaches so much about my work and about my filmmaking because different audiences all, always react very differently. Mm. So, yes, people can come on the 22nd March to Lido again and please book beforehand because this one's sold out and now people are, are asking me oh there's still tickets left and I can't help them so so yeah. is that 7 p.m the yes, 22nd yes that's right yeah cool okay so um thank you very much for coming in this is a uh, very nice of you to come in it's very exciting first uh live uh show reel for 2023 so um Very exciting for me as well. Uh, We're going to go out with uh, a song, a a piece of music that's um, by the same composer. It's not from Westermark Effect, but it's a a piece by the same composer who actually worked on this film as well. And, And that's something we didn't actually cover, which is a whole lot of people come back and work with you again, which is a good sign. Yeah, so this song is by Charlie Harrison, a beautiful composer.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.